0: the peak performance mentor podcast the podcast for coaches and athletes where we talk about mentoring and developing athletes of significance each week we interview coaches sports industry experts and leadership gurus to mentor you beyond the x's and o's on your quest to achieve significance and peak performance in your personal life professional career and with the teams that you coach
1: but, but I, my, my thing is I've learned that go to the session, take it in, then write down like three or four statements, you know, and, and take some photos. I, I'm the one that was, I was snapping photos left and right. So then I can go back and look at the photo or the video and then, ah, you know, because I've let it digest. And then, like you said, tweak it, change it, how's it practical to what you're doing in every single demo session I went to. I found something I can use for any one of the teams that I work with.
0: Episode 14, Lessons Learned from the United Soccer Coaches Convention. I just recently returned from Philadelphia where I did get a chance to attend the United Soccer Coaches Convention after a 15-year hiatus. It was a great experience of networking and getting to meet my own mentors that started me in the college coaching career a number of years ago. Today with our guest, we are going to talk about the lessons that we learned. Our guest today is Charlie Flo. And Charlie is a uh, he's a he's he's a man that wears many hats, shall we say? Uh, he currently is the assistant coach for men's soccer at was once Philadelphia University and is now Thomas Jefferson University. He is creator and host of the World Sports Show, and this is where we got connected. This is the World Sports Show. is a radio show based in Philadelphia that covers that covers the sport of soccer, um, and they uh, they actually have a unique take in that they spend a lot of time on focusing on the women's soccer. They were there for the for both drafts, and they're just sitting there meeting all sorts of people. He's also a trainer and a coach of uh, of future captain sports and he is a licensed coach with both uh, USSF and the United Soccer Coaches. Charlie, it was great to meet you this last week. I know we, we had a number of times where we connected. You came to the social, and I, we both had a lot of fun there. Welcome to the show. Is there something I missed, or can you maybe share a little bit of a personal insight with us? No, yeah,
1: I got, got it all there. I do wear many hats. You know, it is um primarily coach for a living. I'm a trainer for a living, and... Yeah, you you summed it up there. Yeah, with an assistant coach with Thomas Jefferson University right here. Philadelphia is kind of cool because the university is only a few blocks from the convention, so it's a lot of fun to have the convention in our backyard.
0: Yeah, and you know, Philadelphia was an awesome place. I've I've traveled quite a bit. I've been to a lot of places, um, and Philadelphia is one of those major cities I have not been to. I've Maybe I've driven through it. That's about it. Um, so that was kind of neat to spend some time in Philadelphia and, and see the rich history. Uh, we actually stayed out in a B and B in University City, um, which I was just blown away by the fact there were so many universities in such a small area. Never knew that. Uh, so it was uh, it was a lot of fun being out there. And you know we can't, we can't be amiss without talking about what happened yesterday. Um, you know with the game, the other football game that happened. And I know you and I were, were, were going a little bit back and forth, uh, texting back and forth that you know there was a game yesterday that took place using the other football and your Eagles came out flying high.
1: Yeah, that was pretty unexpected, the, the result on the 38-7 end. I mean, we've both known that both teams are very defensive-minded teams and very good at making the offense, con- you know, controlling the offense. And Really, to not see that lopsided score for either team. I mean, I thought it was really going to be a game where the spread was going to be maybe four or five points for the winner or or a fourth quarter type of field goal. But, I mean, I think the whole world is shocked. I mean, all the Philly fans here will say, oh, we knew we were going to win. But, really, you didn't think you were going to win by 31 points. I mean, nobody in the world thought that.
0: Exactly. So, Charlie, you know, most of our listeners know we go through the podcast and, and we kind of take a, an approach to a game where we talk about mentorship, we talk about your, your rituals and, your, and what you do every day, what you're learning, um, Who? how do you embrace adversity and failure. And I wanted today, I wanted to focus a little bit differently on the podcast because being in Philadelphia, we both had an opportunity to really take in a lot. Of a lot of information, connect with a lot of people, and I, w- I would like to just talk about the experience of being in Philadelphia and at the United Soccer Coaches Convention. Um, you know the rebranding that took place, how how that was perceived, and, and you might have t- talked with people the whole rebranding what took place with the United Soccer Coaches from the NSCAA, and and just give the insight to to that whole experience. So if if we look at that, what was one one major takeaway? That really had a profound experience for you as you're moving forward on your journey of being the being a coach and hosting this radio show from the convention itself. I
1: think the the big takeaway is the, is the implication of of the app. There was an app they downloaded, and it made it very easy to connect with with fellow coaches, you know, fellow uh, vendors that were there with a different message or or product or something like that, and really could help me keep track of my day because before I was the guy with the notebook out, highlighting, penciling, and writing it, all the stuff I want to see, and I might run into a coach, and somehow we forgot to exchange phone numbers or email addresses, and you're you're talking about a convention that's got over 10,000. They said it peaked at about 12,000 this year for the the convention, so if, if you lost touch with somebody, gosh, you know, it's trying to find a needle in a haystack. You and I, funny, we ran into each other about every three hours, but If it wasn't for the app, me and you would have never, maybe never connected or found each other. And it's a neat way to say, hey, I can look on this app. What's the reason you're here for? And and you find out everybody's got it. What's the reason they're for? And you connect, you meet. And so I I really hats off to the United Soccer Coaches for for creating this app that, you know, we could connect with within, you know, convention for. A lot of us even got to the convention.
0: You're absolutely right, and I, I didn't even think about that and how profound that, that did have on the experience. And as I, as I think about everybody I connected with, I would say over half the connections I made that were those intentional connections actually came from the app, and I think it goes back to, say, goes back to one of the things we talk about on our podcast on a regular basis, the power of connecting with people. And that I, I often argue that sometimes we've lost the connection, the ability to connect with people because of technology. But I think this is a perfect example of using technology, the proper way to initiate the connections. And then from those connections, you find out about who people are and and you really start to connect with them on a real meaningful way in person. And you're right. I don't think neither of us would have really met each other if it wasn't for that app. And and now uh, we have an opportunity to learn even more. Uh, I've even, even, through your app and what you post on your app, I I've been able to notice who you've connected with and I've reached out to a couple of people you've connected with just by following what's happening with you. And that's, that's where you use that power of, of, of the technology to create meaningful connections with the people in the world. Uh, and so that was really exciting. Did you, did you get a chance to get into any of the sessions? And if there was, if you did get a chance to get to any sessions, was there a session that uh, you, you really liked? Yeah, I
1: did. I actually did more sessions than than I normally did. I, I spent majority of the convention, whether it was classroom stuff, you know, field stuff. I, I did most of, of the field stuff this time because I kind of did the other way the last time. This was in Philadelphia. I did a lot of the classroom stuff. So this this one, I just really got out there. Laura Harvey did one the first night about. Defending in the 18 since I, I primarily work with the goalkeepers at my university, I really thought that I really wanted to check out that type of demo. And, and she had a great cast of players working with her. She had the Villanova women's soccer team. So that was a really, really, you know, top notch activity. And then Andrew Sparks from Swansea was there doing a keeper session. He had a couple other keeper ca- coaches. I, I forget their names in universities, but really good spot on drill. and the producer of a world sports show, my good friend and coach John DeCristo, was there, and he also took in that he's also a, a high school girls coach here, but he's also a keeper trainer. So very useful, very practical. A lot of the you know the footwork and the positioning. So things that when I go to those things, I usually don't take a notebook. Um, I go to the field demo things, and I kind of sit back and just kind of absorb with my brain. See, a lot of coaches taking notes, and there's every every coach has their way to retain it. But sometimes I just sit there and just. I kind of just soak it in and let it just feed in, and I took so much from those you know, demos that I cannot wait to get back on the pitch to implement them.
0: I think you bring up a great point there, Charlie, and I was actually talking with uh, – I don't want to say he was a young coach. I, I, I met a gentleman. He was on the staff with uh, East Florida State uh, College, a community college, and I know the head coach there, and the, and the assistant coach, he's, he's actually – he was on top of his game. He really knew what was going on, and we started talking about the sessions and some of the experiences he had, and, and he just made mention that you know one or two of the sessions didn't, didn't maybe live up to his expectation, and I actually challenged him to rethink those, almost to what you just said, and that I think as coaches, you're right, we, we go to those sessions, and sometimes we pull out the notebook, and we want to get every single thing down. We want to write yeah. every single thing down, and we might miss out on what really matters, and what really matters in attending those sessions is how am I going to be able to apply this topic, this concept with the kids that I am going to be working with. And so I challenged him, and I, and I learned this from my mentor. I learned this from my mentor saying when you go to one of my mentors, Scott Fay, who, who's closely associated with the John Maxwell team, Scott Fay sat there and said, anytime you sit down and you go into a session I want you to view the session from the lens of how am I going to be able to apply this in my unique situation because my situation is different than anyone else's. And the minute I started to do that, the sessions became alive for me, whether it was a classroom session, whether it was a field session. And I I think you just hit the nail on the head is I want our listeners and our coaches out there to listen. When you are engaged in learning from others, always ask yourself that question. How do I apply this with who I'm working with in my unique situation? And then what will happen is you will get more out of that session than you ever imagined. So you know, I I I love to hear that's the way that you approached it, and I hope you're going to get some real value out of that as you're moving forward. The the next yeah, I mean
1: I, I was yeah, go ahead. I was kind of like that, that I was kind of like that coach before the um, past conventions. I'd go there with a the notebook and I'd have the whole notebook that has like the, the, the full field laid out and I'm constantly uh, doing my X's and O's and you're so busy writing down and, and getting every tactical and coaching point the coach makes that I'm actually not learning as much because I'm so worried about how my notebook's going to look when I pull it back out. But what my, my thing is I've learned that go to the session, take it in, then write down like three or four statements, you know, and, and take some photos. I, I'm the one that was, I was snapping photos left and right. So then I can go back and look at the photo or the video, and then ah, you know, because I've let it digest, and then like you said, tweak it, change it. How's it practical to what you're doing? In every single demo session I went to, I found something I can use for any one of the teams that I work with.
0: Yeah, and I even on the classroom sessions, Charlie, I actually I have two different color uh, pencils with me, and so okay. if, if there's some, if there might have been like some highlighted points that the that the. Uh, Presenter was talking about. I wrote those highlighted points in, in the in the black, you know, standard pencil or whatever it is. But when it was that specific point that I could apply, I would switch to the red pencil and I wrote it in the red pencil. And really, when I go back to my notebook, it's the red it's the red marks, the red notes that I'm going back to are the ones that are going to make the difference for me. And when I'm starting to work with my teams and and when I'm going to be working with what we're doing at, at Volta.
1: That's a great idea.
0: <laughs> I want to go on to another question for you because i i stopped in on i stopped in on, on uh, the men's the super draft uh, i did not get to the women's draft but you covered both of them and i i would just like to i'd like to learn from you or just hear your experiences of interviewing the people at the draft what what you're gaining now, charlie had the unique opportunity of being part of the of this world sports show he was at both of the drafts and he got to interview the, these young men and women as they're walking off the stage being picked by a team that they're going to go spend the next year or you know start the career with tell me about that experience for you and, and talking with these young men and women
1: no it's, it's a great experience i've, I've like i said, like i've been doing the show for i mean almost actually 10 years I've been doing the show about close to 10 years now and and just you know getting talking to these players that soccer's not a big sport in a lot of ways in America and media coverage because there's not a lot of super major media outlets at these drafts, and a lot of these players, you know, they've gone through the different college ranks. They, they're not used to having a bunch of cameras or quarters put in their face. They might have had, even if they played, say, at the highest college level, they may have a beat writer here and there, maybe a an AD at the school put a camera in their face for a couple, you know, softball questions, so... When I'm there, I'm primarily getting video and audio for the radio show. I'll get some video interviews and pull the audio and play it on the radio show. But nine times out of ten, when that camera and microphone is in front of that player's face, that's the first time they've ever done that. And and I think the, part, the neatest part is I, I'm i like whispering players' ears how to be natural, how to relax. And I've never had a camera in front of my face. But I'm like, but you probably played in front of 40,000 people. But suddenly they're more nervous for, for a camera right in front of their face. So it just a neat way to let them, hey, just express yourself, and, you know, you're so used to to playing on a field that it's just, it's a very surreal event that you're getting to talk to people moments after their dream has come true. It's like every childhood dream that anybody's played top-level sports not going to lie and say, oh, I never wanted to play professionally. Yeah, everybody wants to play that next level, and now I'm getting to talk to those people that now their dream has actually come true, and it, it it just it just gets you you know gives me goosebumps thinking about like yeah you're you're talking to that person that is just 20, 22, 23 year old that wow they're at the highest peak of their life they've gotten there whether they have a long career short career whatever career they've proved everybody right or everybody wrong I mean it just it gives me goosebumps just thinking about all these dreams that have come true right in front of your face.
0: So was there was there one interview that really stuck out with you?
1: Yeah, I wrote the name down. I cannot think of this young man's name. He's one of the guys, on um, Right the Dream. He was drafted by F C Dallas. I believe he was the maybe third or fourth pick, but um he was really, really cool guy from Ghana and just his speech about, you know, just that you know, just that opportunity. And I think that's one of the biggest things as coaches when we're recruiting all these athletes that it's just give me an opportunity coach. We hear it all the time from youth players, you know, up even to college level, just They want that opportunity. Just give me a chance. And a lot of these players that have have come from, like, the smaller schools or had to transfer into a deep, you know, one school to finally get that exposure, you know, just the whole recruiting aspect of just getting a coach to look at me and saying, hey, I want you on my team. I see value in you. And that's just the biggest thing I took from one of this young men's speech about just thanking all the people from Ghana that got him here, from his his parents in Ghana to – like his host families and he, and I have a foreign player that was honored as an all- American and it's just he would tell me all the people that made it possible for him to step onto that field. And that's the part that really makes you start thinking of thousands of people that got that player to where they are and it just it's, it's inspirational.
0: i I actually stuck my head in for the draft for I sat there for about 20, 25 minutes and I believe I saw the same one you did. Um, and, and you're absolutely right. It, it, was, it, it, was so, it was so refreshing to hear someone so humble about the opportunity that he's been provided. And I, I wanna just, just want to tap on something that you said to everyone is that whether, whether we're talking about you know, the, the NWSL or Major League Soccer or we're talking, you know, I just want that chance, or all the way down to our, our little kids, our little tiny types They just want the opportunity. They want to feel valued. And 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 you're the one that you, you use that word. I use that word a lot, and I think it's a powerful word. That can we work with our athletes to make them feel valued, have that have that piece that they're just part of something bigger and special, and that's the role that us as coaches can do. And it starts with the little ones. It starts with the little ones to help them to to start to realize that dream when they first kick that soccer ball.
1: No, it's it's so true that that like you said, value, and, and I look back into. Situation I was in, um, 2000, I guess, 16 season when we were still Philadelphia University. That going into the season, I've got five goalkeepers. You know, that, that's my primary job at the university, work with the goalkeeper. i got five goalkeepers. I've got one or two that are probably going to be playing. I've got three that because they're sophomore, to the freshman, they're just not going to see the field. And that's the hardest part, I think, about coaching goalkeepers is with field players, you may be up four or five zips. You can throw in a, a four, give him five or six minutes, you know, let them get his feet wet. But when you've got five goalkeepers, it's just not realistic that you're not going to need more than two. I mean, you want to go in with one, but, hey, there are going to be opportunities to sneak the second one in there. Um, but just keeping all five happy, and like you said, the word value. You know, I, I sell them on what I call the goalkeeper union that, hey, listen, every single one of you has value that I know i got five keepers, so I'm going to design my sessions with keepers around five keepers. Each one of you is going to have a value, a point. You know, you're going to have a role, and you're going to embrace that role, so I've, I've got to keep my three, you know, like combination of keepers that are sophomores and two freshmen engaged because they're not going to see the field for two to three years. So creating these roles value and value and, and make them just kind of latch onto the upperclassmen and, and just I want them all to be best friends. So it's the coolest thing when you see them all, at the dining hall, all five keepers just sitting together, just, just having the best time. And you have a keeper that makes a PK save and he was the backup. And, you know, so suddenly the starter, because he was injured, the first person to greet him off the field is his fellow keepers. And that's one thing I tell them, like, you know, when, when you're coming off the field at halftime or into the game, you know, it's the keepers that are the first ones to go over there and be like, Hey, he's my, I'm, I'm his number one fan, you know, and they really bind that pushing each other. And that's, like you said, goes back to that value that, you may not be able to feel, but your value of practice, training, and how you carry yourself off the field when we're doing social events—it goes so far, and it just—you know—you just see it so much in sports how those guys that don't play are such a key part of the supporting system.
0: Hey, I, Charlie, I like how you just said that. I wrote that down. The keeper union—that's
1: awesome. that, great. No, it's—it's—it's it's it's like a unit that—it's—it's—it's. It's, it's, it's so tough, like the same, like in the NFL, we have quarterbacks. You, you just know that you can't just sneak a keeper in there for five minutes and just to get his feet wet. So it, it's the hardest thing is the preparations our game week, you know, all going through the week, getting our reps, having individual little, like, drills. And even with a youth level, when you really got to push them because they might not get in, it, it's just having competitions, you know, having little games where, you know, where it's, you know, where so if I'm the coach and I would make it. You know, just let's do three versus three type of drills where, you know, everybody's involved and, you know, you're trying to beat each other. And we do that a lot in our university. Our, our, our head coach, Todd Myers, does a great job And what he calls Ram Player of the Week where we kind of keep stats of, of the time you showed up early, you know, who was there late, you know, and hardest work. And we vote on a coaching staff. And and we keep standing throughout the week of, of what player, you know, you know, had the best week. You know, and and it has nothing to do with the two or three games we played. It's about that player who showed excellence throughout the week and was a, a complete role model. So we actually keep standings on that. We post it outside of our office. You know, like Rams Player of the Week, and we have it's kind of like fantasy points. Like everything positive you did, from a goal to assist to show on time, we see something positive. We put them into a little spreadsheet and we have standings, and it's something the players pride themselves on. That I may never touch the field, but I can be the player of the week.
0: Yeah, that's that's fantastic. Charlie, we're a little bit past the midway point of the show, and I want to take a moment to recognize our sponsors. Do you know Jake or someone like him? Jake is trying to run a soccer club, and running a soccer club is a lot of work. Our volunteers have big hearts, but the paperwork, registration, phone calls, and customer service can be overwhelming. Jake needs help, and SoccerOffice.com is here to help Jake, as well as all the listeners out there that are just like Jake. My friends at SoccerOffice.com run soccer for you, so you can spend time on the field doing what you love, coaching the kids. Connect with Adam and Jamie at SoccerOffice.com and let them run soccer for you. At Volta, we use them for our office support. You'll be glad that you connected with them. Today's recruiting process is getting crazy. College Fit Finder is a solution. Let's be clear, grades and ability mean nothing if a college coach doesn't know who you are. You need to be proactive, be relentless, otherwise someone else will be taking your spot. If the college coach doesn't know you exist, can they really be recruiting you? College Fit Finder provides solutions for high school students and their families to combat the obstacles faced during the college recruiting process. Volta has partnered with College Fit Finder on our Athlete of Significance recruiting education program. Whether you use College Fit Finder through Volta or contract with them directly, they will provide you with the tools you need to navigate the recruiting landscape. Connect with them today to discuss your situation and the solutions that are available to you. You can connect with our sponsors on our website, voltacoach.com/podcast. Make sure to click on podcast details for each of the individual shows. Let's uh, let's let's switch uh, let's switch the road a little bit and go go a little bit different direction here. So as I was at the event, I I ran into and <clears throat> I don't know if it was on intentional or how it happened, but I had the opportunity. You know, I, I led a round table with Barry Gorman. I actually okay. I, I ran into Shellis Iman um, I I saw Jeff Tipping I ran into Horst Richardson, uh, and it was for me it was such a humbling experience to run into these legends of the game because 25 years ago, at my first NSCAA coach my first national diploma, in Colorado College, I had Barry, Shellis, okay. Jeff Tipping, Horse Richardson. Tony DeChico and I and I went to the I went to the 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 the, the session on Tony led by his by his three sons. These were the men that got me started on my journey, and to be here 25 years later and and just be able to thank them for for what they provided me 25 years ago when I first got into into the coaching world, and uh, and actually that that weekend that weekend in Colorado College catapulted me to my first. College coaching job. Six uh, three months later, um, it was it was just it was an awesome experience and being able to get pictures with those guys. How about you? Is there anyone that you got to run into that might have been you know a mentor or been from your past that really had a had a has had a, a profound um, experience for you as you've moved forward in your career?
1: No, I mean Tony DeChico is, is a huge influence on, on why I kind of really honed in on being a keeper coach and connecting with him um yeah tony was coaching in the women's leagues he's coached for for boston breakers and neat part about the radio show we do is the reason we really got a lot of traction and a lot of attention was that we were really strong on covering women's soccer giving them a voice that every single week we do a show we have to include women's soccer you know and and it's just you know got to know tony had him on the show when he's coaching the boston breakers and just really started, you know, having him on the show and having him call in and we started talking and I said I was working with a lot of goalkeeper trainers privately and he had mentioned, well, you know, do you have any goalkeeper licenses or diplomas? No, I said, Well, I'm gonna teach in the level one, it's, it's the convention. I would love you to take it. Give me the feedback, you know, and, and let's just talk about it. And it was it was the probably the best diploma and course I ever taken in my life because just, I took so much in that few days and just the interaction of him talking to us and and actually, you know, caring, you know, and, and following up with me, asking me how I liked it, and then, you know, really pushing me to keep, you know, pursuing these diplomas and just, just kind of being a positive person in my ear. And we would always keep in touch every couple of months, just send a text or email, have them on my show, but just that, you know, just pushing me in a positive manner, you know, where... I, I felt some people pressure me. Oh, you got to have your C. You got to have your D. You got to have your B license. Where taking his courses, it was more like, wow, I wish I could just take this course every time. And I would do that. I, even if I already had a diploma, I'd still go sit in a session, you know, just kind of a spectator, just just to, just to listen and absorb and what he has to say. And no matter where I was, whether I was a journalist or doing television of a game or doing radio for a game. Always would talk to me for a few minutes and just kind of ask me how I'm doing. So I, I think that Tony is a huge influence of why you know I really kind of stuck with the goalkeeper stuff.
0: Yeah, that's I, I love that story. And I, 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 Tony was a special guy. Um, I, I remember listening to him and going to the sessions with him when at that very first uh, event that I went to, <laughs> and then I got to sit in and listen to the stories that his sons shared with us for, for an hour about his life and how how you hit it on the head. He really cared about every single individual that he came in touch with. He wanted to know that you were getting the most out of the out of the relationship with him. And that was that's pretty powerful. Let's go ahead and talk about your sports show, the World Sports Show. And that's that's how you and I initially got connected through through the uh through the app. That we talked about earlier. Um, I want let's let's share with our audience a little bit about the World Sports Show. What you're doing on that World Sports Show? How can they listen to it? Uh, and, and just give, give us give us that fifty thousand foot view about what you're doing. Yeah. So
1: World Sports Show airs every Monday night here in Philadelphia. Um, if you're in the Philadelphia area, you can check us out at one hundred six point five FM. The cool part is we stream live on our website we have a link to a little live play button but the best site to actually go to to listen to us on the internet is philly cam and that's philly like the city philly cam cam.org slash radio slash listen um we've been around doing this for close to 10 years and about two years ago we we connected with a local tv station that was creating an fm station and got I mean it seems like the stars were in the right place and everything was just lined up just perfect. We connected with them and said we got this soccer radio show we're like been on AM radio we really want to push to be in a downtown market in Philadelphia where we live and really want to be on your station and so you have an FM stage coming up and it just it worked out that we told them we do a ton of work with women's sports, women's soccer and the T V manager and the radio manager both happened to be female. So it worked really in our favorite that they were, they were just like in shock that somebody's really out there helping empower young ladies, young girls, young women, and covering their sport, not because they're assigned it, because they actually care about it and they love that game. So, um, we've been at Philly CAM for about two years now and broadcast every Monday night, nine o'clock. And, you know, the only exception is maybe New Year's and Christmas. That's about the only breaks we'll take. But no, we're, we're on every single week. And my partner's John Nacrucio. He's a, local high school girls coach, so stuff like that that, you know, we're both down the ground working with young women, you know, young professionals. I do a lot of private training, you know, of both genders that, you know, just trying to get our players into college.
0: If I remember, can they go and listen to any archive shows? Is that something that can be done also? Yeah, yeah.
1: Most most of our shows are posted on YouTube. Sometimes there are technical difficulties. We all know that, that do work in the industry, but 90% of our shows and all of our major interviews are posted on our YouTube channel. So if you just go to the YouTube and you type in World Sports Show or even Charlie Flow, it'll pop up thousands of interviews we've done in the past. You know, since about 2009, 2010, tons of them out there. So you know, we we go to a lot of these games and events live, where like I met you going to the drafts, and you know, it's it's you know, it, it's a it's a very fun ride that. Just, just giving soccer a voice, kind of like you are doing with your radio show, and just giving soccer that voice that we weren't used to growing up here. We're used to it on FM hearing your here, baseball, basketball, football. Every sport has its, you know, 15 minutes of fame on the radio, but soccer was kind of that forgotten about. Oh, we'll, we'll give you a minute or two during the World Cup. Oh, the USA got out of their bracket. Oh, great, let's celebrate the, them for about five minutes. And then it's just, it seemed to me it was forgotten about every four years that, there are a ton of domestic leagues and stuff going on within in college that that wasn't getting the the attention that it deserved so we figure hey let's 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 get these people on our radio show and just interviewing everybody's got a story to tell like you and i that let them come on let them have a platform to help promote themselves
0: right and uh I've actually gotten and listened to it. I I went and looked at uh, some of the YouTube ones, and you've got got Bruce Arena on there. Um, You have have Coach Gary Kiernan, who is uh, the the modern soccer coach, and what he's doing with with his movement with the modern soccer coach. You you have some really cool episodes that are on there that people can go back and listen to. And I know that there's other ways to connect. You're you're a big Twitter fan. Why don't you give us both of the Twitter Twitter handles to get hold of you and
1: connect with you? Got lucky that WorldSportsShow.com dot com was available, so that's our dot com at World Sports Shows, our, our our Twitter, and then my personal Twitter is DJ Flow, and that's D J F L O W E. So it kind of worked out that I, I had a pretty cool last name, so that that helped me getting into the broadcast industry. So that worked out well for me.
0: Nice, nice. <laughs> okay. Well, Charlie, I, I just want to, number one, I want to thank you first for li- connecting with me and uh, putting that out there to, to be able to connect with people out at the convention. It was great to meet you while we're out there. And more importantly, thank you for getting up this morning bright and early. I, you know, for you, it wasn't early. For me, it was a little bit earlier now that I'm back in Phoenix. But getting up, especially after a long night of celebration with the uh, the other football game that took place last night and being on the show with us, just to share with us, you know, our experience at the convention and what we got out of the convention and uh the the powerful experience that is in mentoring the next level of coaches um and i look forward to a, you know a future interview where we bring you on and let's just talk about charlie and we'll, we'll do it we'll do the full show with you on on your on your journey and where you've come through your mentors and through adversity
1: uh, thank you so much for having me i appreciate you in, inviting me over to your social and, and meeting some of the people you connect with. And I mean, taking every moment you saw me, even if it was just 30 seconds, just to say hello. And, and, you know, thank you for coming out to this event so far and, and appreciate everything you're doing on your end. anything we can do on the world sports you to help you let us know, because definitely want to get you on too. And yeah, you know, thank you for, for everything. I mean, it, it was a pleasure and the, the event, it just flew by.
0: Yes, it did. Yeah. It, it just, you know, you're gone for a week, and I. some of the days ran so fast, I was like, we're already back, and now it's back to the grind here. So it was fun to get away, um, fun to come, you know, looking to come back, but it did go by. It went really quick. This has been the Peak Performance Mentor Podcast, where each week we look forward to mentoring you to discover significance and realize that your own peak performance extends beyond the field. The Peak Performance Mentor Podcast is brought to you by Volta, where athletes of significance are born learn more about the volta programs the athlete of significance recruiting education the athlete of significance coaching education the athlete of significance sports camps and the athlete of significance mission trips at our website www.voltacoach.com aos